Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, Dennis, you're deathly afraid of intimacy, right? Oh my god. <laughs> Drag her. BetterHelp.com online counseling is there for you. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with licensed professional counselors specializing in issues that you want to talk about. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Food for Thought listeners, you get 10% off your first month with discount code THOUGHT. If you've been wanting to talk, get started today. Go to BetterHelp.com slash THOUGHT. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, <gasps> identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, a cultural digest for sexual nerds. Oh, oh <laughs> my goodness. wow. That is just accurate. Right? That is, yeah. That's really real. I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and last night I puked behind a Wendy's. Oh, <laughs> LA looks good on you, baby. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm acclimating well. Wow, wow, wow. I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and my favorite place in the world is a bathhouse steam room because in there no one can see me cry. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Joe, I don't know that that's entirely true um, <laughs> because they're going to know you're crying anyway. I am Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater, and my my goal for the next year is to give myself a whole lot more self-care and to no, do pedicures and peep toe shoes. No, okay. no, you don't need more self-care. Oh, baby. You're the only person in the world who doesn't. <laughs> I disagree. Hello, I'm Guy Branham. I'm a writer, a comedian, a Scorpio, and I'd like to know which Wendy's. Oh. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Dime. I will withhold that Dime. information at this time. <laughs> in the studio today, as you all know, subbing in for teams is Guy Branham, the goddess Ooh. herself. Yes. Oh, wait, did I not say my name? No, you did. I was oh, just okay. reintroducing That's you fair. to be courteous. Um, Guy's a writer, a thought leader, spelled T-H-O-T. Unfortunately, um, a comedian, which we... <laughs> hate when we have people that are funnier than us in the studio. Infuriating. Co-host of the podcast Pop Rock and author of one of my favorite books that came out last year, My Life as a Goddess. Go go buy it. It's available wherever books are sold. That's correct. Thank you so much for saying those nice things. Of course. And uh, this week, uh, on our delicious little menu, we play a scrumptious game of Swipe Right, Swipe Left. We have a delectable impure thought story from a one guy. For our main discussion, we uh, have some issues of the bodily variety. <laughs> Literally all of my issues. And our dessert is like what we think is the queerest Oscar contender mm. out there. Yeah. Can't wait to find out. Hey. Take it away. I'm feeling a little peckish, so let's start the top of the show the way any good top should, with a little tease, a little something to wet your palates. It's our amuse-bouche, and today we're going to amuse your bouches with a little, 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 little game of swipe right, swipe left. Yes. If you have never played before, if you've never um, been on Tinder before, guy, um, swipe right, swipe, swiping right and swiping left um, is like 
good things and bad things. No, basically. I understand. I'm a human being. <laughs> 2019, yeah, I, I haven't I been know. in a coma. We've had some people in the studio before that were like, oh, will know, you describe like, this to me? Yeah, and I was like, like I don't have know you been living in a vacuum? Anyways, what we do is we all list some cultural phenomenons and we as a group will, or, uh, you know, or d- divide uh, about whether we would swipe right or swipe okay. left on them. Swipe right, swipe left, face tattoos. I could not swipe any more hard right on this. I think they're so sexy and wow. I want one so bad, but I would yeah. get fired so quickly from wow. my job. I mean, I <laughs> I also swipe right because I, I love a man that looks unemployable. <laughs> I am truly one of my, my, my key type. I'm... Swipe hard left, hard wow, left for wow, me. Okay, Sorry. And next tattoo is one thing, but on the face, mm-mm. okay. I'm an old man. I will always be very swipe left on face tattoos. It's like, so you're just like this is a person who's going to make decisions with no sense of consequences. <laughs> the thing is, YOLO. Yes. Like a neck, idea. A neck tattoo does seem like. Oh, he real dumb. Like, you know, <laughs> yes. a neck tattoo yes. so frequently goes along with a truly amazing body and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. just like a, a narrowed worldview. But face tattoo, that's a little far for me. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Swipe right, swipe left. Timo, Timothy Chalamet. I think it's Timothée. Oh, shit. Timothée. Timothée. I also, I swipe right. He's so scrumptious. Guys. Uh, swipe right. He's adorable. I like that we now have him and Lucas Hedges just to be all of our emotionally needy gay boys in film, so no yeah, gay yeah, actors yeah. ever need to be employed. It's perfect. Uh, absolutely. We can just work out and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, hard left on Timothée. Why? Wow. You know, there's something, I didn't like the harness okay. at Golden Globes. I kind of don't like his hair. It was a poorly fitted harness. It was. It was. And I was like, why are you doing this? Like, a- I just didn't understand. According to Louis Vuitton, it is an embroidered bib. And I was um, like, sure it is. Well, you know okay. what? I th- I th- there's some, maybe that's more appropriate. Maybe mm-hmm. Timothy needs a bib. Swipe right, swipe left. Bird box. Oh. I, I, do, I don't know her. You don't know her? <laughs> um. S- okay. I'm swiping left. The reason why I'm swiping left is because as much as I love Travante Rhodes, I was not interested in seeing a movie where the one like black person who has a major role is just constantly opening the door for white, opening the door for white people. <laughs> That's and actually... white women specifically. I was like, nope, mm-mm, bye. Like to go from Moonlight to that. Mm-mm, left. What about you, guy? Uh, left. I only read the Wikipedia entry for horror films. Oh. Same. Oh my god, yeah, oh. deeply yeah. the same. I, see. I just I want to know what the twist of Hereditary same. is. Thank uh, you. Oh my god, we can't talk about Hereditary. <laughs> I will to get too scared. I will swipe right on Sarah Paulson in Bird Box. These seven minutes that she was in best part of that the film. film, but that's it. Um, swipe right, swipe left. The Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Left. You're swiping left, Joseph. Straight washed nonsense. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Left. Left. I will swipe right on Rami Malek's performance, though. Oh, interesting. Okay. But but I think at the end of the day, we can say a gay man's story is fundamentally about the woman he loved and betrayed. Mm. You know? Fundamentally, yes. (laughs) And and the sexuality that killed him. And the movie is like, I feel like the movie was a little bit of like a telltale warning-ish. I mean, 
I'm a big fan of punitive HIV in uh, literature. <laughs> um, and I just saw this seven hour long gay play in London that is full of ideas and a shit show. Um, but by the end, there's maybe some punitive HIV. And it was like, maybe. buddy, uh, I thought you went to Yale. Uh, I expect that shit from Tyler Perry, but come on. Yeah. Wait, a, a homophobic asshole I, went to Yale? I mean, no. I will swipe right on uh, Temptation Confessions of a Marriage Counselor. Oh, oh my God. God. That's a movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you for getting my reference. Wish that was this year's Oscar contender. Oh, thank God. I do love Journey Smollett Bell, though, but that's, oh, yeah, I love her. <laughs> swipe right, swipe left, people on dating apps who say they're just here to cuddle. Oh, I um, love the right, 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 right. Oh, yes. I, I love it. I hate you. So I am that person. God, I feel like such a bitch. I'm swiping left. I'm not here for that. I, I can cuddle with my with myself or my weighted blanket. Mm. I mean, right? Just because, like, I don't hate them the way I hate people who say that they're just here for friends. It's like that's true. That you're on your oh. little journey. Good for you, buddy. Yeah. And, a, and a picture of the gaping anus. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just here for friends. Speaking of anuses, <laughs> yeah. swipe right, swipe left. Hentai porn. Like oh, anime porn. Hard swipe right. I love it as well. Oh, I would swipe right. Swipe right. Swipe right. Okay. We amazing. need more octopuses what? in our pornography. <laughs> <laughs> but without having to injure uh, like octopus yes, yes, actors. Yes, 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 is, yes, it, yes, is it yes. octopi? I believe it is octopi. Is it really? Oh my god. Sorry to be that girl. Octopussies. I can't help myself. Stop it. Swipe right, swipe left. Dumplin'. The movie. Swipe right. I didn't love it. I'm, I'm gonna swipe left, honestly. I had really high expectations as well. I haven't seen Dumplin' yet, okay. shock of all shocks, but based on what I'm hearing, I'm gonna swipe right. It sounds like it's a really fun romp. Swipe left, I get a little ishy around things that feel fat exploitation ish. Mm. Um, also, I don't like, um, I don't wanna see faded glory Jennifer Aniston. I, I really know. only that wanna see true. her in like, uh, object of my affection, picture perfect, like that two year window <laughs> when she was making rom coms. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, that's true. Oh, I miss that too. Yeah, similar, similar feelings here. Swipe right, swipe left, when straight people use the term partner. To talk about <laughs> swipe Husbands left. You're left. not a law firm. <laughs> Fair. Left, left, left. Oh, um, swipe right. I I want women to be able to benefit from um gay marriage and the like destruction of uh gender yeah. binary within relationships Ooh. as much as possible. But I want to quote my friend Alex's joke. He has the best joke. He lived in San Francisco and his wife would always say partner, and he said that that was misleading to people because it implied two incomes. Uh, <laughs> He, he was a stand-up comic. He was a stand-up comic. I should have explained that. I love that. Oh, my God. Oh, my. I mean, I'm I, dead. like you, am here for the inevitable homosexualization of America. Can I toss something into the mix? Yes. Uh, bachelorette parties at gay bars. Swipe right or swipe oh. left. Oh. Swipe left. So here's the thing. I will swipe left generally at bachelorette parties at gay bars. However, I will also swipe left on a lot of misogynistic yep, ways yep, that yep. gay men criticize women in gay bars in general. Right. The thing yes. is, is that I want them to be able to benefit from us having a space that's like not treating them like objects. Yep, Come yeah. play in our wonderful land, but also act like you've been to a place. Yes, you yes, know? yes, yes, yes. Like bartender yeah. ain't going to pay attention to you the way that he does at a straight bar. Deal with it. Everyone here thinks you're good at your job. Like, yeah. have some home training. <laughs> yes. Consent still matters. I still have a body that you're not allowed to just yeah. touch and fondle. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, agree. Yeah. Love the woohoo oh, girls. Oh, 
tip your go-go boys. That yes. that, that is something is that bothers me. Yes. Like um I was at mm-hmm. uh, have you guys ever been to to the uh the strip clubs in Portland, Oregon? I oh, have. No. They're yes. crazy. But the the go-go boys there, they're always or the dancers, they're always like, "Yes, straight women come, but they do not give us money because <gasps> they think we're benefiting from women being here." Or something. Oh, oh, I heard no. that Los Angeles people are less privy to tipping their go-go's than in New York. I have noticed that oh. to be honest with I, you. Someone yeah. told me that. Okay. Oh my God. I was just in Paris, and there was a. Uh, I was at a bar where a man took a shower. Um, oh, I've been to that. Place. I love oh, yes. that bar. I love that bar. Oh my god, and it's great. I then like leaned over and was like, "How am I supposed to give him money?" Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "We don't do that." And I, it's like in Europe, they even have social like go-go boys. Yes. <laughs> A go-go boy for everyone. <laughs> and you get a go-go boy. And you get a go-go boy. Uh, swipe right, swipe left. Judith Light. Oh. Literally don't know who that is. What? Oh, my, fuck you. You are, you are fired Light. from the podcast. Judith Light fired from fought the for your rights before you were born. <laughs> she got two goddamn Tonys and a daytime Emmy. <laughs> I, She's incredible. I can't even with you. I'm the dentist of this conversation. You are the dentist of this conversation. Well, Swipe right. I love Judith Light. I will admit that my first exposure to her ever was Ugly Betty, oh, which no. is like, in some ways, like the least obviously important and crucial thing she that she did. She's actually really good in it, but. She is, she is amazing in it. But what it did was it opened up the entire world of Judith Light for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that was my connection. And also, may I say, as one of those ladies who, like, in the 80s was in the Ryan White story and was talking about stuff that other people weren't, yep. uh-huh. also understands when to step the fuck fuck yes. back. Uh, Sharon Stone, Sharon Stone thinks that like AIDS charities are about her. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah Judith yeah. Light understands like, you know, support, but also like give the spotlight to somebody else. Everybody's still gonna pay attention to me. I'm Judith Light. I'm yes. fucking Judith Light. Yeah. I love her. Thank you. That's the end of our game. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For our second course, we have a delicious, delectable, impure thought story from Guy. If you don't know what an impure thought is, it is basically when we have a hoe of honor um, come in and tell us a story that is, you know, sexual, provocative. It's a, it's about a hookup or it's about a, a weird kiss encounter. Or maybe it's like totally not sexual and extremely disappointing. Yeah. And like my sex life. Just like me. Just my, my <laughs> stories. Um, anyways, Guy, tell us what happened. I have to tell you, it's very difficult to look back through a resume and try to say like, which of these is most noteworthy? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that they're great, but it is just sort of like, what are you guys looking for? I mean, are you are you looking for you know, weirdness or hotness or I don't know, but I made a selection. Okay. okay. So this story happened long, long ago. Oh, yes. You little boys were still in short pants. Okay. Yes, fair. <laughs> I, had, I had just moved to Los Angeles. Um, let's say it's 2005. Mm. And I had gone on the internet to uh, locate sex because I think that's the best way to yeah, learn yeah, about yeah, a yeah, new yeah. city. Uh-huh. I mean, just sort of like your streets, your local geography. True. You learn that by going to like poorly decorated condos. Yes, I'm, yes. And this was, you guys don't even know the technology I would have been using at the time. Let's say it was, I believe, Craigslist, though it may have been uh, gay.com. Oh, no! I remember gay.com. Yes, 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 yes. In the beginning of time. Shut up. I will <laughs> slap you out of that turtleneck. Okay. So uh, it was like random guy, and it was a, a place that I'd never really been before. And there's this weird street in Beverly Hills that is just upscale hotels. And I had no idea what it was. And so I went there and it was this very strange and fancy hotel. 
and I went up to his room, and the arrangement was, like, um, he was going to blow me, and we were both going to, like, satisfy ourselves, and and that was that. Mm. I... Uh, I went to law school. I like. I want to know what the contract. O- I want to know what the offer is. I want to know what the consideration is. Yep. I want terms. Um, and like the thing is, is straight people were always so like, oh my god, that's so plain. Why can't you just go with the flow? And it's like now that we live in a world yeah. where we talk yeah, about yeah. how much straight men don't get consent, I like that I have mm-hmm. a nice record of like nearly every sexual encounter that I've had. <laughs> so oh, wow. Wow, um, wow. Do you keep it in like a spreadsheet or <laughs> it's somewhere in the cloud? It's somewhere in the cloud. I'm sure. Um, but uh, I went up and he was like, uh, like a little bit older than me. And I was very young at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had a British accent. I had gone to law school. I was in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, he was like a, a British journalist. And he was like nice and cute. Mm. Um, and we were like, basically, he started blowing me and jacking himself off and um, I was having a lovely time and then <laughs> he very quickly came okay. and then he got up and he said, okay, you can leave. Oh, and interesting. I was like, well, no, these were not the terms that we right, agreed right, right, upon. Right, 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 right. Uh, and at that moment, his wife called. <gasps> um, and he takes this, uh, he, he takes the phone call from his wife and he's talking to her and I have just taken it into my head that I am going to try to finish so that I, cause I had yeah. myself a load built up and I was going to yeah, finish. Yeah. I was going to finish important. all over his bed as an act of just sort of like, fuck you. I was going to make a mess. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that. I, I love a tantrum. I really love the idea of having terms ahead of time. I love mm-hmm. setting expectations and goals. Really? No one's saying that consent can't be withdrawn, but also like, don't be a dick about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. wow. I mean, the, the 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 coming oneself thing is sort of like a weird way to like passive aggressively end a hookup. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. Uh, so I have to say, one time I had bronchitis during a three way, and I did <laughs> I I did just say like I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Did you? I have questions about that. Bronchitis now. gets uh, so in the did, way. Did you go into the three way knowing that you had, you were like, I have bronchitis? Or did you realize you had bronchitis Look, during in the it. middle of the three way? I was just showing up to a show in uh, Seattle, and then there was this guy who came up there because he wanted to see me. And it was very nice. And I was like, is something going to happen between the two of us? Mm-hmm. And then his hotter friend started making a hard play. Oh. And it was like, this is wonderful. Also, I keep. Coughing up brown (laughs) (laughs) But you you were like I'm not letting this get in the way You were like tunnel vision Eventually I let it get in the way (laughs) At a certain point Self-preservation matters But I'm imagining you just like (laughs) Trying to be in a three way and just Wheezing (laughs) I would have ended ended up up with a punctured lung For sure You you go too hard My cardiovascular health isn't great to begin with Oh Your my level God. of commitment is really Truly. impressive, but also I admire theirs. Their yeah. level of commitment. No, it was really surprising. It was like, why, why are you doing this? So I have to <laughs> say, like, um, they. I was. I had always been scared of there being multiple people involved because I was like, I will probably 
who will pay attention to me? And mm. they were both lovely. Like they were both uh-huh. having, yeah. having a great time. And I was so surprised. But then eventually I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I have bronchitis. <laughs> Honestly, I'm using that the next time I want to go. I, I will definitely use that as an excuse sometime. <laughs> it, for sure. Truly. I mean, like, who's going to argue with you? Yeah. Just be yeah, like, like I'm, mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, it should be like a more, it should be like a more polarizing. Th- like it should be, like, I'm so sorry. I have, I, I have just, I've gout. <laughs> I gotta go. Um, I have, have like, gout. I'm so sorry. I have really bad vertigo. Right. Now. Oh I have to go. Um, that's that's so what funny. would be your excuse if you wanted to get out of a? I mean, you already have so many disgusting medical problems. Yeah. I mean, really, the exploded anus. Is <laughs> like, like, yeah. It's like it. Was it terrorists? Uh, <laughs> oh my god. You know? It was. It was terrorist E. coli. Psychological terrorism. That blew up my anus, yes. It was. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Dennis. Amazing. What what excuse would you use to get out of a hookup? I so I actually do get bronchitis like every year. Uh-huh. So what? I've never thought about every year, usually because of my Wait, seasonal allergies. Is that normal? That's crazy. Um, I, I don't know, but I get it in the fall and I get it in the spring. And what's wild to me is that I've never thought to use that. I have before said, like, you know, I'm not feeling well. But the thing is, since I am a bottom all the time, mm-hmm. like, I usually just say, you're not getting it in there tonight. It's not working out. Oh. I'm indisposed. I've got a little diarrhea I, situation going no, on. I poop Those on are pe- the... I poop on people on purpose oh, <laughs> to what? get out of having sex. No, you don't. No, you no, do you not. Don't. And you did not just say no, that you on don't. our podcast. No, you don't. I, I, I have every intention of maintaining that's, my 100% never having pooped like on anyone a, statistic. So I'm very clear about when like it's going to happen and when it's not. That's like shitting its diaper <laughs> yes. to get what it wants. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Joseph Osmond Like, give me a snack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Fran just made a poop face for everyone listening at home. Yeah. Thank you, yes. Joseph. Yes. <laughs> wow, Joseph, you truly uh, Joe, are constantly um, one-upping how disgusting you are. Yes. And I'm so it's glad. It's just himself. That. Every level. Every level. Well, thank you so much for that delicious story. That was, a, that was a fabulous story. Fran, your anxiety is out of control. What's standing between you and happiness? <laughs> Honestly, just you, Dennis. <laughs> Wow. Accurate. BetterHelp.com online counseling is there for you. BetterHelp makes it easier to connect with licensed professionals, counselors, specializing in issues that you want to talk about. Depression, stress, anxiety, trauma, grief, self-esteem, and others. Wouldn't know know anything about (laughs) any of those things. Literally 80% of my therapy is talking about these motherfucking assholes. Connect with your counselor in a safe and private environment. Get help at your own time and at your own pace. Listen, I know that a lot of you thoughts out there don't have mental health care insurance and so these online services are a good option if you need an affordable choice if you've been wanting to talk get started today go to betterhelp.com thought simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and in joe's case all the crying all and the get crying. matched with a counselor you'll love one that you can always change if you're like fran and all you do is change <laughs> that's, can't even commit to a therapist i just roll with the punches girl <laughs> that's betterhelp.com slash thought promo code t-h-o-t Zola, the wedding company that will do anything for love, is reinventing the wedding planning and registry experience to make the happiest moment in a couple's lives even 
happier. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations and easy to use planning tools. Start with a free wedding website. Oh, sorry. We are having such a hard time. Ah, That sounded fun. I thought I said wedding wedding website. Wedding website. Wedding website. Wedding website. website. Start with a free wedding website. It's so easy and takes just minutes to set up. There are more than a hundred beautiful wedding website designs to choose from that fit any couple's style and every type of wedding. Plus, Plus, sorry. Build your dream registry. The Zola store has the widest selection of gifts at all different price points. There's something for every guest to give. To start your free wedding website and also to get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to Zola.com slash T-H-O-T. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash T-H-O-T. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash T-H-O-T. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to mercuryinsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Get ready for a gloves-off spin on the Classic Advice Show with the Dear Chelsea podcast. Join comedian Chelsea Handler and her assistant slash confidant slash co-host Brandon Marlowe on the podcast that offers unvarnished, hilarious, and empowering advice to people from all walks of life. Drawing from her own experiences, Chelsea brings a fresh perspective to help listeners become the person they wish they could be. Instinctively, I would always tell everybody to just like reach for their dreams and, and go for it and take a huge risk in life. It's a weekly dose of in-your-face, unfiltered Chelsea. Oh, I've never wanted to be a mom, mm-hmm. but I could kill it as a divorcee dad. With insights and balance from Brandon along the way. And Brandon is like my little sidecar, aren't you? I am. I'm just here for moral support and a different perspective at times. Yeah, he's more reasonable than I am, so you might want to listen to what he says. Listen to Dear Chelsea on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
20 years ago, you fell in love with the Gilmore Girls for 154 episodes and four movies. On the I Am All In podcast, Scott Patterson, a.k.a. Luke Danes, everyone's favorite grouchy diner owner, takes us down memory lane. Tune in to the I Am All In podcast to relive the Gilmore Girls saga one episode at a time. We'll share stories. We'll share the memories. I've got a million stories to tell, especially about Sean Gunn and Milo Ventimiglia and a lot of other people, too. Scott will take you back to Stars Hollow, Luke's Diner, Dosie's Market, Miss Patty's, even Mrs. Kim's Antique Shop. I know you guys have been binge-watching it through COVID and, you know, for 21 years and generations of families and mothers and daughters, and let's watch it together. If you can smell snow, if Paris isn't just a city in France, and Friday night dinner is a requirement, you won't want to miss this. Listen to the I Am All In podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. It's time we get into the meat of our discussion, the thought process, if you will, spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And this week we're talking about body adi addies. Yes. Last season we had Heron Walker on in, a, in for a conversation on the same topic. Uh, and in that conversation, she talked about how her agency to modify her body was one of the queerest things she could do. But our conversation kind of craved a little bit more. Uh, as queer people, sometimes we get to choose our bodies, but um, dysmorphia is a thing that perpetuates everyone across the queer spectrum. Trans and non-binary people deal with dysmorphia. Queer women, gay men, disabled people, mm. brown people, all we all deal with it because we are cultured to believe constantly that our bodies are wrong. But I'm curious as to how we perpetuate that within the community. Ooh, girl. <laughs> so... To start, I'll start us off with a, a kind of light question that also, you know, sticks into that that previous question, which is, what is one of your earliest memories of hashtag body goals, and what was the person in pop culture or just that you saw as a kid where it, you they had a body that you idolized and wanted? This is gonna. This is the second time she's been mentioned so far in this hour. Oh, uh, you know, I was I was a queer kid, mostly had crushes on girls growing up. Jennifer Aniston in the Friends years. Oh, she was like wow. totally like a starlet. She was like everyone was like, oh, she's so hot. All my like little friends were like, oh, she's so hot. And in her the nipples 90s. were hard oh, every, every episode <laughs> of Friends. It was that's incredible. why Gunther was in love with her. <laughs> you, frankly, you would think she was doing it on purpose. It was, it's like, so basic, I, mean, I know, but that was that she, I had so much desire. for I her. never thought I would hear that answer come out of your mouth. That's that's shocking. That was right? a very Dennis answer. Yeah, and she wore lovely like sweaters that just mm-hmm. cut like right. Yep. Get the jean line. I it think was, I think part of the appeal was layered hair. You the were Rachel, like, <laughs> I was literally just thinking she has so much the movement. Rachel. She was so <laughs> iconic that a haircut was named after her. The Rachel. Um. Okay. So for me, um, this my the first time I ever remember actually seeing someone's body and thinking that's like how I want to move through the world was actually um, watching the gymnast Dominique Dawes in the 1996 Olympics. Amazing. That was the first time I ever like watched gymnastics and that started my obsession. And she, she was so beautiful and brown in a sport where there was none of that. Yeah. And she like her body was different from the other gymnasts in that she was she was a little bigger and she was so clearly incredibly strong. Obviously, they all were strong, but you could see that her gymnastics was like higher and stronger. And there was something about the combination that she had of strength and grace that um, completely captivated me and created an obsession that I had with her. And I was just like, I want to be that strong and that graceful, just like. 
like walking down the street. Mm. Yeah, love her. Well, I mean, there's that that weird relationship between sort of like things that are ego ideal and things that like turn you on. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like, that's such a hard thing. Though I do remember at a very early age, um, looking at, do you guys know who Ricky Schroeder was? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, he he was on NYPD Blue, I think, at a point that know. you might have remembered. Uh-huh. But he had this show in the 80s where he played like a kid whose dad was very rich. And he was like blonde and like not fat and awkward like I was. And I remember looking at him and being like, well, if I were like that, it it wasn't this sort of like, it wasn't a bridgeable gap for me. It was just mm. like, well, if I were like that, I could be a person. But I mean, instead, you're doing this, Branham. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> like having sort of, um, I think it was far more likely to identify with sort of like moods and attitudes. And I had a very distanced relationship oh. with bodies because it just felt like, the the good ones were very unlike mine. Mm. Mm. Do you feel like uh, early queerness is sort of? Uh, I feel like there's a stereotype, and it sometimes bears out to be true that like gay men date other men who look like them, or oh. date men who they aspire to look like. In a I have way. a joke on this subject. <laughs> okay, it is rooted in. Okay, so when I when I first came out, there was this self help book that it was written by a former model. Um, it was called Finding the Boyfriend Within. And the premise oh, yes, please. Was, that, was that you were supposed to um, be the kind of person who you would want to date. And my standard joke on the subject is, um, uh, I think I can do better than me. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm smart. I'm funny. I'm on TV a lot. Why would I want to date some fat, bald, sweaty guy who's constantly talking about Canadian history? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh I mean, uh, I would love to find a boyfriend within me, but exactly. I do feel, um, you know, it's, I want, I'm curious, I really am interested in that question. However, I do want to quickly say that um, my bo- first body goals memory was Mario Lopez on Saved by the Bell. I mean, it was yep. very powerful, oh, wasn't it? <laughs> and also oh. he was like one of the few like Latina people mm-hmm. on, yeah. on TV at the time. And it was like on after school. And I remember even when he was younger, I was like, I was like, oh my God, like, I want that so bad. And I think it's because he was brown and I was brown. And I was like, I think I feel. Mm-hmm. Well, there was also a roidiness to 1980s culture that you boys probably yep, yep, yep. barely remember. Yes. Yeah, 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 he yeah, represented yeah. sort of mm. the, like, like the last flower of that. Yeah. Yeah. But oh I grew God. up in the middle of it with your He-Man, with your, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. There was a lot of it. I love the roidiness just of the 80s. That, that, yeah. yeah, beautiful mm. freight. Like. Just bigness, yeah. And how has he just gotten better looking? I mean, it's, I know. It is infuriating. He now looks like he's made out of linoleum, but in like the best way. In the best just sort of way. Like, there's yeah. no hair growing in any way. And also, um, like, you have to understand the extent to which every evening of the week he is out at one of three, like, douchey restaurants here. Oh, interesting. Oh, like, God. seeing Mario Lopez is a very doable thing in Los Angeles. There was also the glorious period. Well, I guess they still do extra from... Um, from yeah, Universal yeah. Studios, yeah, they do, but yeah. they used to do it at the Grove. So you would uh-huh. be like, uh, I need an iPhone cord. Uh, Mario Lopez is in the way. <laughs> it's very fun. I, wow. so I, this is a very LA story and not a cute one, but oh, like, I, I, I swear a friend of a friend was like friends with his wife and he, apparently he doesn't drink, do any drugs and he's always in bed by like 10, 15. Don't you oh, be my that person? God. No, I am. So, I will age. No. I am happy to age as long as I can be drunk no, I, at least a third of my waking life. Those people, those people who are just 
just like hot is their religion. I don't know that's that. what they do. But don't like don't. And speaking of bodies, can you imagine the anxiety of living that way? Like of being a Mario Lopez, where you feel like your body is your livelihood, and as soon as you start to age, everything is going to crumble. What a horrible! Can the rest horrible. of this podcast oh. just be a, about Mario Lopez? <laughs> I mean, honestly, because well, I mean that is uh, you know I'm interested in that uh, because the other day I was like, you know, working really late in the office and I had made plans like kind of un- whatever untouchable time to like go to the gym. And I like when I put things in the calendar, I like really do it. Yep. And I, you know, had friends that wanted to go see a movie very last minute. And I was like, that sounds super fun. But I had this untouchable time. I should go to the gym. And then I was like, wait a second. I'm like going to the gym so I can live longer question mark mm-hmm. and yeah. missing out. That on is not life. remotely why you're going to the gym and <laughs> pretending that yeah. it is, is a mistake and a lie. You yes. are going to the yes. gym to be hot. Yes. That is why gay people go to the gym. That is why they exist. Have, well, yeah. maybe I should say I'm going to the gym to enjoy my life better and missing out on I life in the process. Friend, that's for sure true. Something cooler will kill you. <laughs> like if you're doing it right. I, okay. I'm going to be real honest and I don't think this will surprise anyone. I have not had a gym membership in six years. In fact, I've never paid for a gym membership. The last membership I had was just when I was in graduate school and I would mm. go to the gym. And the thing, the, th- the thing that actually happened, I can be completely honest about this. It was never confusing was that for about three months, um, I did go to the gym every single day and I worked really, really hard. I felt like in graduate school, I like wasn't happy with where my where my body was at the very like when I graduated. And I just was like, I feel like if I have a more muscular body, if I have a stronger body, if I have a smaller mm. body, I will be loved. And I like men will find me attractive. And at that point, I really hadn't had had dated very little. And so that was what it was about. And then when I moved when I graduated and moved to Brooklyn, I had no money and could not even afford like a like a ten dollar a month um membership. And I've kind of just never gone back. I've found other ways to try and like make myself like the benefits that I did have um from the gym. Like I I did feel stronger. I did like the endorphins thing. Like I was like, oh that's like a real thing. Mm-hmm. So I've I've found other ways of trying to achieve that without actually going to that space that I really kind of don't like other than sometimes seeing Dick flopping around in, Ugh, in gym shorts. Gym shorts. Fair I, but yeah. I, I live in New York City. Run down the street and like you'll see that. So I would like to make two points. The first one is there's such an interesting tension between like the wonder you, who here is Red Velvet Rage? I have Red Velvet Rage. Okay. It's not a good book. No. It's not. <laughs> but they, I was. I thought yeah. you were going to say like no. how much you loved it. No, or but something. it's a valuable concept. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the thing is, is that like Velvet Raginess forcing gay guys to like overwork to prove themselves mm-hmm. leads to some ridiculously hot human beings, and that's a wonderful thing. But it's also <laughs> is brokenness worth that hotness? Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like right. an interesting. It's an interesting conversation and tension, especially for me, because like compared to you guys, because like being gay has changed a lot over time. Mm -hmm. And so sort of like there is more space for safety and love. Not a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you boys all grew up hating yourselves. No one's questioning that. (laughs) But it's like, for me, I'm like, was it better back when we were all monsters? Right. Um, (laughs) But then there is one of the things I love so much is like that you can psychologically distance yourself um, from the gym as a place of mask hotness, even when it is 
faggot town. Yes. Yes. You know, uh, which yes. is like so weird. Okay, I do need to tell you yep. about my favorite story from a West Hollywood crunch. Yes, please. I was in the steam room. Love ro- a West Hollywood crunch. I was in the steam room having a schwitz. And <laughs> two guys came in and they were clearly going to blow each other and they looked at me and sort of like, a, well, are you going to leave? And I was like... I didn't, we did not speak this entire time, right, but right, I just right, stayed right. there because you're fucking blowing each other in the steam room. I thought the magic was that I got to watch. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's the whole point. Yes. The whole point. And then they, they left and they did it in the sauna, which doesn't have steam and just is a clear door. So everyone <laughs> walking past could see. Um, yes. But they felt more comfortable, so good for them. I'm sorry <laughs> I hijacked the conversation. Oh, no, wow. that, is, that was amazing. Honestly, very disrespectful to the all known politics of steam rooms and saunas, which yeah. is you get to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Have any of you boys ever been in a gym in San Francisco? No. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I, have I don't know if they still have them, but there were always the lovely signs that uh, on the steam room that said closed by order of the sheriff. Oh, uh, my God. Which oh my God. made me feel like a beautiful part of a tradition. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Honestly, mm. that is queer culture. It really is. I mean, it's so, you know, the, the gym and the steam room situation, which I love personally, I mm-hmm. also think like people have been hooking up in same-sex physical spaces like that for literally millennia. Like, it is as old as sort of any semblance of humanity, but it leads to all of these weird politics of, like, you go to the gym to work out your body to get hot, and then you get that pleasure in that space. One of the things I like about it is it feels like, again, because I feel so divorced from my body a lot of the time, going to the gym, hooking up in the steam room all feels like a space where I like get to actually feel my body do shit for like an hour of yeah. the day. Mm-hmm. I feel it work out. I feel it lift heavy things. And then I go into the steam room where people are hooking up and it feels like a, a it, oh God, it feels like self care. <laughs> oh <my God>. Shut <laughs> it's up, like it's disgusting, but like it does feel it's, it feels like a kind thing I do to myself. But of course it has like the politics of that space are exclusionary and people are cruel to one another and then there's always the play of like all the gyms are so are are so masked so i, I do wonder yeah. uh, it's weird because i think we are cruel to one another but i also think we also tell the story of our cruelty to mm, one another yeah, true. a great deal and that like self-policing like one mm. of the great discoveries along my way was realizing like oh hot people hate their bodies more than I do because yeah. oh they my have God. weird expectation from it and are angry at it for not being exactly perfect, perfect. but only being mostly perfect. Mm. And just sort of like coming to that point was like a beautiful liberation yes. for me. Oh. Uh, and I think mm. that we like, I don't know. I feel like we tell the story of mean girling mm. a lot um, when really the, the majority of mean girling is just some degree of people being like, I'm so uncomfortable here. How mm. dare that other person be comfortable? Be comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And and it's like the, you know, the it does happen. Mean girling does happen. And so like the few times it happens, it's so hurtful. And so we mm-hmm. extrapolate. Like I feel like we live a lot of our lives out of a fear of the worst case scenario yeah. of, mm-hmm. of being mean girled in the steam room or whatever. And, and it, I mean, having it's happened to me. I know we we are saying that like you know for a lot of the a lot of the time we go to the gym because we want to be hot or whatever. What mm-hmm. and you are starting to answer the question of why all the other reasons you go to the gym. Yeah. Do you what? Why do you when you work out? Why do you work out, guy? Uh, to try to die less soon, <laughs> <laughs> and um, to 
control my fatness to a level that it continues to fit into the clothes that I currently have. Like, I, I do think that there is real danger in um, the transformational narrative that we continue to give to fat people, especially um, mm, my God, gay fat men. I, I feel like there is this story of like fatness like closetedness is something that you will leave behind you mm-hmm. um, oh my god yeah and yeah. the thing is is that like good for people who are able to do that I certainly thought that that was going to be my story and it fell apart because mm-hmm. this is kind of I, I mean like you know shit's already what it is this is the body that I have and I it was very hard um my niece is 17 and mm-hmm. <laughs> she's three Instagrams and one of them is for her cosplay what? And- and I love your niece. I'm so ready. Her her cosplay Instagram she posted and she was like, she was saying that she wasn't going to be cosplaying for the near future because she wanted to lose weight so that she could do better work. And I, it was weird to sort of like have to go to this person who I know so well and love so much and be like, hey, you need to live now always. And if yeah. you want to have other stuff going on, mm-hmm. good, but like, don't don't you know put your life on hold don't defer your dream you know yeah yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. i mean i think about it so interesting it's so interesting for people who work in entertainment or have their body as part of their job and like what you know the modifications you make to your body then have to do with your fucking livelihood and i also think the anxiety of that must feel really crazy but i think because what you're saying is because of instagram and the way that we all sort of perform a lot of the time that Mm -hmm. is a feeling that used to be a small subset of people and is now like felt by a larger breath of our our culture yeah i was gonna say i also feel like there are there's a to a certain degree the 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 whole thing you brought up about like transformation narratives is something that again we are cultured to believe in and and that they can occur over the course of like one movie montage Ah, (laughs) you mm -hmm. know where like a hillary duff song is playing in the background or whatever okay uh look I love a movie makeover as much as anyone. I say in my book, <laughs> any any movie where she gets bangs as a plot point is a movie I'm going to love. <laughs> but there are those movies, there are those movies that manage to have what is essentially a makeover that trend like transpires under different terms. And have you boys seen Dirty Dancing? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Gosh, duh. I mean, fucking go back and watch that movie. And at the beginning of that movie, Baby is a 13-year-old boy. Like, she is physically a 13-year-old boy with no relationship to her body. Uh And then through the process of dancing too much with Patrick Swayze, by the end of it, she gets herself and also has been fucked. Like, her her makeover is has been fucked. But, like, you see the same short, big-nosed, frizzy-haired Jewish girl, like, owning her shit and being Mm -hmm. beautiful, choosing to be beautiful in a way Mm. that's, like... Really magnificent. Um, Being fucked by a dancer until you love your body is basically my wet dream. So yes. thank you. Um, <laughs> yes. End of your life. This is, again, why one of my favorite um, cultural forms in the entire world is Miss Piggy. Because, like, I do... <laughs> Go on. I, I do feel like Miss Piggy represents a version of a person who is living their life and showing all the way up despite the fact that people tell her that her body is wrong or her being is wrong. I honestly think that as a little boy, having that there was something that pointed me in the direction of being able to say like, well, I choose to think that this is fine. And there is something so wonderful about having worst thing happen again in the book. I'm sorry for referencing the book so much. No, no, we we, we need this. But um, like there was this one time when I had like a terrible, weird 
crush thing going on with this wonderful manipulative boy who went out too much. <laughs> and we were going to sort of like uh, the hoary 18 and overnight where a, uh, A-list directors find their next victim. Oh, this sounds horrible. Uh, wow. <laughs> and like we were we were showing up to it and um, by this time I, I went pretty frequently and the guy at the door was just like, he let the other guy in and not me. And then the guy like came at him and was like, why? And he just said, because he's fat and you're cute because you're cute and he's fat. And I have been like waiting for that moment in gay spaces mm. for such a long time. And, and it felt sort of like other flavors of that, but it really was just sort of like, okay, this is the worst. And the yeah. thing is, is that like, 15 minutes later, I was in the club. A half an hour later, I was making out with a very cute boy. Mm. Um, you know, it's like, it's fine. You I mean, know, yeah. like mm-hmm. the worst yes. things happen and it's fine as long as you don't let yourself be mm. pulled along into it. Like you don't have to be in anyone else's narrative. Um, and like there are, there are people who want to have sex with you. Yeah, you know? yeah. Always. I mean, yeah. no one's out of your league. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I totally, like, I think surviving your worst nightmare is a huge, like, a, a healing thing, yeah, almost, actually. in a way. Uh, <laughs> That's a way to put it, but tr- yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, but, the, I, but, I'm, I'm, but, I'm but, with the, but at the same time, I think, you know, the, the notion of uh, Claudio Rankine's uh, citizen that your body holds all of the little traumas that it meets along the mm-hmm. way is, like, super, mm-hmm. and, and and just just because you know, you survived that horrible thing that happened to you and there's a sort of freedom of that. Like your body is still accumulating all of the fears and the traumas and the little things and the, oh God, my like least favorite thing in the world, rejections, large and small, uh-huh. right? And they they sort of yeah. add up and, uh, you know, it, I do think it takes active work to uh, change your shift your priorities such that you recognize and accept that that horrible thing happened and you're surviving it, but like your life is not just survival. Like yeah. you're allowed more yeah. than survival, you know. As Ani DeFranco said, I've got better things to do than survive. <laughs> oh my god! You guys don't yeah. know who Ani DeFranco is. I so do. We do. We do. We do. I I actually did grow up listening to um, a little bit of Ani DeFranco mm. <laughs> at the influence of my sister. Um, mm. Yeah. No. This is well. So when I was talking a little bit earlier about my relationship to the gym or my like now my lack of relationship to the gym um part of the context that's important that is that at that point in my life I really hadn't dated I hadn't had sex yet like I so I felt incredibly undesirable and I'm really relating heavily to what you're saying about the idea that like um it's like fine you know, that was what I had. That was the, the mental space that I had to get to. Um, and I and I still kind of live in that space because I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like all these thoughts that I had about like the whole world. I thought like everyone was going to be super hypercritical to me about my my physicality. No yeah. one was going to want me like that just wasn't like that's just not true. So the great thing that's is why that, I get scared of the mean girl stories being too yeah, present yeah, yeah, amongst yeah. gay men. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And it's like once you once you can get past that, you can you that sort of. um that sort of fear, you can begin to shift your mindset into that place of like being like, I'm going to thrive. I'm not going to survive. I'm going to like well, do something higher. But there is sort of like the weird, interesting, and in many ways, wonderful thing that like, it's not just about our own personal relationships with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Like this is gay masculinity. Um, yeah. Like our bodies are commodified to some extent. Mm-hmm. They are things that are bought and sold. And like, you know, they're like I live in West Hollywood and it is, in so many ways, the most wonderful place because everyone has a perfect body and they're not wearing clothes most of the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, And it's yeah. also horrible, but I also think um, um, my friend Matt Wilkes, who is like super hot, when he first moved to New- LA from New York, he was like, 
self-conscious because he was just like, there's always somebody with a better body than you. And it's like, well, yes, that is most days for me. Yeah. Like mm. you, a former Broadway Spider-Man, are now having to experience. Oh this. my yeah. god, right. Broadway Spider-Man! Oh, wow. mm. the, like the, the there is an interesting leveling aspect to it, and I also mm. think one of the nice things about Los Angeles is. I get weirded out by the fact that like my body is part of the text of what I do. And I, I like, yeah. mm-hmm. and there are good things about it too, because I feel like for like hotter gay guys, like uh, th- there is an interesting aspect of danger to that, to, to straight people that maybe uh, I don't present, but more mm-hmm. than that, it's just realizing there's so much hot in this town. This town got hot, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> this town has hot locked down and it also needs other things. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. once I realized mm-hmm. that, because when I first moved here, it was just this like, what the fuck am I doing surrounded mm-hmm. by all of these people? It's pretty crazy. But also I'm very old. So I've watched people go from being like on e-reality shows to working at Whole Foods. And that's it's important to watch hot people perspective. be mm-hmm. destroyed by time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I love that. Oh, I was, yes. I was just going to go, 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 go. Because I have a question. Oh, and I was just going to say, like, I, I love the I love the hot lockdown as a concept in general for the queer community. It's like, cool, like, we, we, we're hot already. Let's, like, move on to bigger and better things. I also love that, you know, uh, as people who might not have, you know, bodies that fit into porn categories or are not, like, structurally hot or, like, whatever, that, um, you know, we rely on other things and are super fucking smart. But, the, like, there's also – but there's also – this weird issue of social hotness where it's like Mm -hmm. there are porn categories for everything. There are people who are attracted to everything and it is more, I think it goes back to velvet raginess. I'm Uh sorry. No, it's fine. But this idea of just sort of like having that admirable life, having people look at who you are and what you do and being like, Oh yes, that's the answer. Those guys have it together. Look at how many abdominal muscles they have. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to talk about that thing that you just mentioned. That one of the things I love about the queer community, maybe more so than the gay community, is that like for every type of body you have, there is a person who wants to fuck that type of body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Theirs are things. Yeah. Daddies are a thing. Like I, you know, we're all. I think gay men. The stereotype is we're also scared of growing old because then we'll age out of hotness and no one will want to fuck us. But what well, daddies are a thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But on on top of all that, there are a lot of categories that you never see in porn or don't see mm. like championed in in like social media or whatever but they still exist mm-hmm. and those yeah. categories of people that are still attracted to the things absolutely that, you know, i think that we are i mean the, the hot dad goes viral once every six months or so you know like you know, um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. Uh, but i i think you know i think it so that's amazing that you every type of body gets to access pleasure because there's a person who's into that type of body but it also that leads to all this commodification right uh-huh. that exactly what you're talking about guy where it's like oh i've i've checked the box on being this type of body and therefore these type of people want to have sex with me but mm-hmm. it, there's it feels sometimes like there's not a lot of depth well, to that who gets personhood like right, the question exactly. of, of who gets personhood is like really hard and i feel like gay men over time have had sort of this idea that like um getting sexuality comes at the loss of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I feel like that's a, it's an interesting balance. And I sort of look at the way I have sort of like charted my life over time. And I look at other people who have had different relationships to their bodies that I'm impressed by. Like um, I have so frequently treated clothing myself just as like uh 
something to be done for the sake of society. <laughs> like, like just sort of like, so I'm not naked, just sort of like minimally answering those questions because when you're a fat guy, like there aren't that many fun answers at the like fat guy store. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I look at people who have done amazing things and smart things and savvy things. And it, I have to sort of like go back and like start asking my questions about why it never crossed my mind mm-hmm. that um, that could be fun or an mm-hmm. option. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it's yeah. like, also, we like, that thing of collected, uh, like, damage being collected. You also can't get too mad at yourself for the person you were in 1997 uh, or the person you were oh in 1984. Mm-hmm. Not that you guys were people in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I was a uh, one-year-old person. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, but, like, the thing is, is that, like, eh, this is where I am now. And yeah. so I'm not going to, like... Mm-hmm be too upset about what went on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think at a certain point it just feels like dense in your armor and you're kind of like, okay, like this is what actually like what I I'm I'm co- I'm confident that I'm this is still working for me, you know. Yeah. Even if I am I do have a few, you know, bruises here or there and yeah. in my psyche. <laughs> and I mean it's all about like the narratives, you know, Guy, you're so right about the power of narratives and the way the Mean Girl narrative kind of strips us of the possibility of that not being the only thing. Yeah. And for me, one of the biggest things that has helped shift my narrative is I always felt like this brain-body binary was really strong. And like as a biologist, the brain is the body. Yeah. You know, your brain is a physical thing. It is a group of cells that are electrified that talk to one another. And and treating my brain and my consciousness that way and reconnecting it to my body has Mm -hmm. like helped a lot. It's helped me love all of those things a lot more. The thing is, is like you can't, you shouldn't blame yourself for it. Like at the point in time that your body was changing, you like the the very significant social messages being sent that these two things can't be in the same place. Yeah. Well, like every boy around you, and God knows it's not true of girls, but every boy around you had the right and option to have their brain and their body in the same place. Mm. Um, and I think we just split those things off. And there is something deeply damaging about the fact that we expect even two or four years of little gay boys or or girls to be sort of like, well, look, all women are distanced from their bodies because the world is a horrible place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's set that aside. Yeah. Let's talk about men now. Um, <laughs> but like, great, 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 great. There's something that like truly fucks you over about that. And I also think... Um, I think for white gay men, mm. there is a safety in looking normal mm-hmm. um, or normal plus. Like gay guys are always shooting for normal plus yeah. mm-hmm. of not having to answer the scary questions that you don't want to have to answer yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that is an interesting kind of brain body distance that exists in the gay community. And, you know, it is one of the really sad things that um, a lot of people are <laughs> protecting themselves from judgment with mm-hmm. traps yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those traps and I'm yeah. proud of them mm-hmm. but it's also like you know be in a room learn how to talk and I realize we need to we need to finish but I, I do think that there is a danger in gay guys talking about this stuff in an intellectualized way that is distanced mm-hmm. and saying ain't that bad when at the same time we have to understand like um what a what a sweet sweet taste it has, and how much we love it, and exactly. how we, like we sure did talk about Ezra Miller today. You know, yeah. we sure yes. do. Yes. Like those, you know, um, like those Abercrombie bags had a sorcery over us that oh, was, wow. um, yes. you know, yes. particular. And the thing is, is yep. like it's better to be in the same room with the fact, like. Mm-hmm. I mean, much of the way that an addict has to know, like, me, I like I like cocaine too much. It's like, mm. you know, um, 
like we like regular white dudes bodies a lot <laughs> because mm. <laughs> like um the, the it's this tem- it's this sense of like if only i could get to there like all of the problems would be solved right amen i'm feeling a little full but i could fit you know just one more thing inside of me dennis knows what i'm Ooh. talking about uh it's our dessert segment. It's a delicious little thing at the end of every episode that we would recommend. And this week's dessert is, if you haven't seen it, The Favorite, which Mm. is my favorite film I have watched in quite some time. And probably an Oscar contender um, was a Golden Globe contender. It's going to hopefully sweep all the awards or whatever, but awards aside, is like a deeply queer movie, but also so entertaining and so intense and so beautiful. Stunning. Visually stunning. Yeah, um, yeah I loved that film. What about you, Guy? Okay, I had cared too much about the relationship between Queen Anne and Sarah Churchill mm-hmm. for a long time, read books about it. The thing is, is wow. I like British politics too much, and mm-hmm. I like ladies who are too politically pushy too much. So I was, like, invested in this, and I was, like, sad and scared when the movie was coming out. Much in the way, like... I was scared that with the favorite, what happened with on the basis of sex would happen, Uh which would be like Mm -hmm. shittiness. And then I went and saw it and it was so magnificent. And the thing I love most about it is that it takes this person, Sarah Churchill, who essentially ran Britain and like did it by having sexual control over the queen. And it like pulls those identities together into this like soft foot magnificent. It made her a dyke. It made her a dyke. And like, I... I'd never thought about it that way because like the the paintings of her are always very sort of like booby and flowy. Right. And, like, mm. t- taking Rachel Vice and putting her in those hunting outfits. Uh, oh my God, the hunting yes. outfits. It was, it was so awesome. I love it so much. Um, and like also I think uh, Queen Anne, this character that could have just turned in so many other people's hands would have just turned into sort of like camp, into grossness. Yeah, like yeah. think mm-hmm. about what Will Ferrell would have done with that character. Uh, yeah, yeah. Olivia Coleman's yeah. so good, but also the fact that like there is that a person really loves her. Like that mm-hmm. a person yeah. really loves her. And like I, I there have been like reviews that were like, oh, everybody's just looking out for themselves. But I fucking believe that wow. Rachel Vice wow. loves her yes. in her own Dikey withholding wow. bitchy way. I love it. Because love wow. means someone tells you you look like a badger. I wow. love <laughs> Oh my god. god. That was That's you look like a badger. <laughs> That's I, yeah. I also just like in the context of like, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody or Green Book or these other like, you know, gay movies that like the gay community doesn't really like all that much yeah. or queer movies that the queer community doesn't like all that much. I am excited to see one that is, in my opinion, just so unapologetically, you know, queer and so unapologetically complex in, in, in its queerness and the character, the way those characters can be in their queerness. Yeah. yeah. Um, in addition to being like, uh, you know, beautiful gowns. Just wow. beautiful, beautiful, just beautiful, gowns. Beautiful, gowns. beautiful, beautiful gowns. gowns. I mean, that there is that there is full on fucking. I would surprise me and thrilled me. Yeah. And I yeah. also I hope that gout sore play becomes more of a oh, thing in the community. Yes, yes of <laughs> course. Stick it in oh my gout sore. Baby. <laughs> I mean, we always need more things yeah. to try, so <laughs> we're we're into Honestly, it. Yes. Not to king shame, producer but, Alex no. just vomited Let's in the corner <laughs> of all things that we talked about today. Gout sore play. episode's theme is gout. <laughs> Gout I'm ready. What is it? Ready. I'm ready. Um, go out and yeah. see it if you haven't already. Mm. It's fucking phenomenal. 
This episode of Food for Thought was made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and today's champagne as well. And also our new home at Forever Dog. <laughs> our producer is the pecorino to our parmigiano, oh, Alexander Palma. Pecorino, the spicy pepperoncini. <laughs> our social media manager is the spiciest meatball, Christina Tucker. It's a spicy meatball. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or I'm moving to Los Angeles too. This is, I, I will oh, plant my God. here. Actually, that is the right distance for us to be apart from one another, to be honest. Oh, hey, oh. <laughs> You're so funny. I'm oh Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco on all social media and Venmo as well. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. I am Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. I'm Guy Branham. I am at Guy Branham on all social media. And please buy my book, My Life as a Goddess, available wherever books are sold. It is really good, you guys. It's a really so good, good. Find us on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read and join <laughs> us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions to the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's episode. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we are reading and some extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, email us with your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics at thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. Bye, y'all. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.